section six of national geographic magazine volume two numbers one and two this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. report geography of the air part one by general a w greeley it is with a feeling of increased responsibility shared doubtless by the presidents of other sections that the vice president of the geography of the air brings before you his modest annual contribution in one branch of geographical science we live in an age so imbued with earnest thought and so characterized by patient investigation that an eager gleaner in scientific fields finds at the very outset his mind filled with the garnered grain of golden facts the more cautious searcher often follows with uncertain mind and doubtless in his backward glances sees many fairer and heavier sheaves than those he bears with full arms from the fruitful harvest if then you do not find here dwelt on such geographical phrases as you judge most important attribute the fact i pray you not to neglect but to lack of observation or to the exercise of an undiscriminating judgment first let us turn to the higher class of investigations wherein that handmaid of science a true and noble imagination comes to supplement exact knowledge to round out and give full form and perfect outline either shaping a number of disjointed and apparently heterogeneous facts into a harmonious series or evolving from a mass of confusing and seemingly inexplicable phenomena a theory or law consistent therewith in this domain professor farrell's book on winds is probably the most important theoretical meteorological discussion of the past year it owes its value to the fact that it puts into comparatively simple and popular form the processes and results of his intricate mathematical investigations of the motions of the air published by him years since and later elaborated during his service with the signal office in connection with the subject of winds professor william m davis has formulated an excellent classification depending first on the ultimate source of the energy causing the motion second on temperature contrasts which produce and maintain winds and third on their periodicity and the time of the first appearance of the motion professor russell appropriately it seems to me remarks regarding the landslide winds that avalanche would be a better term than landslide as applied to winds associated with fallen masses of earth or snow with enormous amounts of accumulated tabulated matter and numerous studies bearing on isolated meteorological phenomena it is especially important consideration that some students pay constant attention to the investigations of the laws of storms from such researches definite advances in theoretical meteorology may be made and fixed laws determined which may be of practical utility with reference to the better forecasting of the weather in the united states signal office professor abe has brought together the results of his studies and investigations for the past thirty years under the title 
preparatory studies for deductive methods in storm and weather predictions this report will appear as an appendix to the annual report of the chief signal officer of the army professor abe finds that the source and maintaining power of storms depends on the absorption by clouds of solar heat and in the liberation of heat in the cloud during the subsequent precipitation which as he endeavors to show principally influences the movement of the storm center in this method one takes a chart showing current meteorological conditions and the permanent orographic features of the continent lines of equal density are also drawn for plains at several elevations above sea level on these latter and on the lines of the orographic resistance are based intermediate lines of flow which show where conditions are favorable to cooling and condensation the amount of condensation and its character whether rain or snow are estimated by the help of the graphic diagram numbers are thus furnished that can be entered on the chart and show at once the character of the new center of buoyancy or the directions and velocity of progress of the center of the indraft and the consequent low barometer it is hoped that this work of professor abe's may be as he anticipates of great practical as well as theoretical value steps are being taken to test the theoretical scheme by practical and exhaustive applications to current work tiesserink de bort has continued his work of improving weather forecasts for france by studying the distribution of the great and important centers of high pressures which prevail generally over the middle atlantic ocean and at certain periods of the year over asia europe and north america his studies have proceeded on the theory that the displacements of centers of high pressure whether in asia over the azores near bermuda in north america or in the polar regions set up a series of secondary displacements which necessarily cause storm centers to follow certain routes Monsieur de bort concludes that a daily knowledge of the relation of these centers and their areas of displacement will eventually enable skilled meteorologists to deduce the position of unknown and secondary centers he has endeavored to reduce these various displacements to a series of types and has made very considerable progress in this classification daily charts covering many years of observations have been prepared and these separated whenever the characteristics are sufficiently pronounced into corresponding types this plan of forecasting necessitates extended meteorological information daily which france obtains not only from russia algeria italy and great britain but through the cooperation of united states from north america the daily information sent by the signal office shows in addition to the general weather over the united states and canada the conditions on the western half of the north atlantic ocean as determined by observations made on the great steamships and furnished voluntarily by their officers to the signal office through the hydrographic office and the new york herald weather bureau the study of thunderstorms has received very elaborate and extensive consideration Monsieur Ciro Ferrari in Italy finds that almost invariably the storms come from directions between north and northwest, the tendency in northern Italy being directly from the west, 
and in the more southern sections from the northwest the velocities of storm movements are much greater from the west than from the east considerably more so in the centre and south of italy than in the north and in the months largest in july the velocity of propagation increases with greater velocities of the winds accompanying the storms and also greater attendant electrical intensity the front line of propagation while more often curved is sometimes straight and sometimes zigzag and appears to undergo a series of successive transformations more or less affected by the topographical nature of the country passed over ferrari thinks their principal cause is to be found in high temperatures coincident with high vapor pressures thunderstorms he considers are essentially local phenomena superposed on the general atmospheric phenomena a principal cause of thunderstorms in italy is the existence of a deep depression in northwest europe with a secondary depression in italy dependent on the first this secondary feeble area remains for several days over upper italy and nearly always is followed by thunderstorms minimum relative humidity precedes and maximum follows a storm while the vapor pressure conditions are exactly reversed ferrari notes as one matter of interest the passage of fully developed thunderstorms from france into italy over mountains four thousand meters thirteen thousand feet in elevation dr meyer at gottingen has investigated the annual periodicity of thunderstorms while karl prohaska has made a statistical study of similar storms in the german and austrian alps the latter writer thinks they are most likely to occur when the barometer is beginning to rise after a fall thus resembling heavy downpours of rain in connection with schmutcher's theory on the origin of thunderstorm electricity dr less has been able to satisfactorily answer in the affirmative an important point in the theory as to whether the vertical decrement of temperature is especially rapid less finds evidences of very rapid decrement of temperature during thunderstorms as shown by the examination of records of one hundred twenty stations for ten years Mohn and hildebrandsen have also published a work on thunderstorms of the scandinavian peninsula the rise in the barometer at the beginning of rain they agree with mascart in attributing largely to the formation of vapor and the evaporation of moisture from rain falling through relatively dry air a coffins has discussed thunderstorms at hamburg from observations for ten years he believes that all such storms are due to the mechanical interaction of at least two barometric depressions as a matter of interest bearing on the much discussed phenomena of globular lightning an incident is recounted by f roth where a man feeding a horse was struck by lightning and lost consciousness the man states that he felt no shock but was suddenly enveloped in light and that a ball of fire the size of his fist traveled along the horse's neck this points to the fact that ball lightning is probably a physiological phenomenon in view of the recent extended interest in the question as to whether the climate of the united states is permanently changing it should be remarked that this question has lately been under consideration with regard to europe messrs farrell richter lang 
Bruchin and others conclude, from an examination of all available data, that there is no permanent climatic change in Europe. In connection with this discussion in Europe, long series of vintage records, going back to the year 1400, have been used. Apart from the ocean borders, extensive simultaneous climatic changes occur over extended areas, which changes, as might be expected, are more accentuated in the interior of the continents. These changes involve barometric pressure, rainfall and temperature, which all recur to that indefinite and complex phenomenon, the variation in the amount of heat received by the earth. The idea is advanced that these oscillations have somewhat the semblance of cycles, the period of which is thirty-six years. It may easily be questioned, however, in view of the fragmentary and heterogeneous character of the data on which this assumption is based, whether the error in the observations is not greater than the range of variation. Blanford, in one of his discussions, has pointed out that the temperature or rainfall data in India can be so arranged as to give a cycle with a period of almost any number of years, but, unfortunately, the possible error of observation is greater in value than the variations. As to the United States, it is pertinent to remark that the Signal Office is in possession of temperature observations in Philadelphia, covering a continuous period of 132 years. The mean annual temperature for the past 10 years is exactly the same as for the entire period. There have been criticisms in years past that the climatological conditions of the United States have not received that care and attention which their importance demanded. Much has been done to remedy defects in this respect, although, as is well known here in Washington, the general law which forbids the printing of any works without the direct authority of Congress, has been an obvious bar to great activity on the part of the Signal Office. Within the year the rainfall conditions of twelve western states and territories have been published with elaborate tables of data and fifteen large charts, which set forth in considerable detail the rainfall conditions for that section of the country. In addition the climactic characteristics of Oregon and Washington have been graphically represented, and rainfall maps, unfortunately on a small scale, have been prepared, showing for each month, the average precipitation of the entire United States, as determined from observations covering periods varying from 15 to 18 years. In Missouri, Professor Neifer has prepared normal rainfall charts for that state, unfortunately on a rather small scale. In New York, Professor Fuertes, and in Michigan, Sergeant Conger, of the Signal Service, have commenced maps showing, by months, the normal temperatures of their respective states on maps of fairly open scale. Work of a similar character has been carried on in Pennsylvania under the supervision of Professor Blodgett, well known from his climatological work. In other directions and in other ways, work of a similar character is in progress. Without doubt too much is anticipated from pending or projected irrigation enterprises in the very arid regions of the West. 
these unwarranted expectations must in part result from a failure on the part of the investors to consider the general question of these enterprises in its varied aspects with that scientific exactness so essential in dealing theoretically with extended subjects of such great importance everyone admits the correctness of the statement that the amount of water which flows through drainage channels to the sea cannot exceed the amount which has evaporated from adjacent oceans and fallen as precipitation on the land further it is not to be denied that the quantity of water available in any way for irrigation must be only a very moderate percentage of the total rainfall which occurs at elevations above and perhaps it may be stated considerably above that of the land to be benefited elsewhere it might be appropriate to dwell in detail upon the importance of cultivated land in serving as a reservoir which parts slowly with water fallen upon or diverted to it and in avoiding the quick and wasteful drainage which obtains in sections devoid of extensive vegetation or cultivation and also that water thus taken up by cultivated lands must later evaporate and may again fall as rain on other land but the pertinence of meteorological investigations in connection with irrigation and this annual address relates much more directly to important questions of the manner by and extent to which precipitation over the catchment basins of the great central valleys fails to return in direct and visible form through the watercourses to the gulf of mexico the interrelation of rainfall and river outflows is one of peculiar interest in connection with the important matter of irrigation now under consideration in this country probably more attention has been paid to this subject in the valley of the seine by belgrande and chateaublanc than in any other portion of the globe one of the curious outcomes of chateaublanc's observations is one bearing on the maximum value of the floods in the seine for the cold season from october to may by which he says that the reading of the river gauge at port royal is equal to twelve point seven minus the number of decimeters of rainfall which has fallen on average throughout the catchment basin during the preceding year this curiously shows that the intensity of the winter floods of the seine is inversely proportional to the quantity of rain of the preceding year some time since john murray esq in the scottish geographic magazine treated generally the question of rainfall and river outflows the annual rainfall of the globe was estimated to be twenty nine thousand three hundred fifty cubic miles of which two thousand three hundred forty three falling on inland drainage areas such as the sahara desert etc evaporate the total annual discharge of rivers was estimated at seven thousand two hundred seventy cubic miles in the case of european drainage areas between a third and a fourth of the rainfall reaches the sea through the rivers the nile delivers only one thirty-seventh of the rainfall of its catchment basin while tropical rivers in general deliver one-fifth the sail river of germany from late data based on forty-five rainfall stations in its catchment basin during the years eighteen eighty three to eighteen eighty eight discharged thirty per cent of its rainfall 
during the past year professor russell of the signal office has determined carefully the rainfall and river outflow over the most important part of the united states the entire catchment basin of the mississippi river and its tributaries this work was done as preliminary to formulating rules for forecasting the stage of the water several days in advance on the more important of the western rivers in the united states the river outflows at various places on the mississippi and missouri and ohio rivers were tabulated from data given in the reports of the mississippi and missouri river commissions the tables were largely derived from the results of the measurement of current velocities as gauge readings were taken at the time of discharge or outflow measurements the discharges or outflows can be told approximately at other times when only the river gauge readings are known the results for the outflow of rivers derived from measurements made under the supervision of these commissions are of a high order of accuracy and it is not probable that the results deduced from the gauge readings are much in error of eighteen eighty one and eighteen eighty two during which years measurements were made eighteen eighty one was a year of great flood in the missouri river while the mississippi river was not flooded the year eighteen eighty two on the other hand was marked by a great flood in the lower mississippi river with a stage in the missouri much above the average the rainfall in the six great valleys of the mississippi during the entire years eighteen eighty one and eighteen eighty two was charted from all observations available and its amount in cubic miles of water calculated with the aid of a planimeter in connection with this investigation and as a matter of value in showing the forces which are in operation to affect the river outflow the fictitious or possible evaporation of the six great valleys referred to were calculated in cubic miles of water from july eighteen eighty seven to july eighteen eighty eight and also the average amounts of water in the air as vapor and the amount required to saturate the air in the same valleys during the same period End of section 6